Dragon Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your kung fu may be good, but mine is better. A celebrated Chinese general does everything in his power to protect his harborside town from Japanese invaders. When the Japanese resort to using ninja to assassinate him, the general seeks out the help of a wise old master and his three specially skilled warrior students. But can he get to those warriors before the ninja get to him? Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. I'm your host Jeff Vita and in this episode, we're going to employ some ruthless tactics and check out Ninja in the Deadly Trap. Ninja in the Deadly Trap, aka Ruthless Tactics, was released in 1983 and was the first film for some of the Venom mob after the shutdown of Shaw Brothers Studios. The lizard Venom, Philip Kuo, takes the director's reins here and we get to see what he's learned from the likes of Chang Che and Lau Karlong. In addition to directing, Kuo also gets to act alongside two of his Venom brothers, Lu Feng, the centipede, and Chang Sheng, the hybrid, and the venerable T. Lung and Yasuaki Kurata. For kung fu fans, that's some pretty serious star power in one film. And come on, ninjas, am I right? The movie opens up as we page through a highly sought-after and mysterious ninja training manual that shows off a lot of the weaponry and skills used by the fabled assassins. We'll see it again when it's properly introduced later. Coincidentally, we cut to a throne room where the stately T. Lung, as General Chi, is talking about his own highly sought-after and precious book, which he'll commission for reprints after he can secure peace in his land. You see, the town that he governs has been beset by Japanese marauders, and they've left nothing but death and devastation in their wake. General Chi, however, has formulated a strategy to outmaneuver the invaders and try to cut them down. Dynasty. Japanese pirates raided the Chinese coast. From Changchi to Fukien, whole towns were laid waste. Till General Chi Chi Kong put a stop to their marauding, and peace returned to the coast. Unfortunately, it was a very short-lived peace because when we catch up with General Chi, he's touring a battle-ravaged town and gets attacked by some unseen foes who have a penchant for low-grade fireworks. After the majority of the security detail has scattered, the ninja revealed themselves and attacked General Chi in a blatant assassination attempt. One ninja's ill-fated jump gets him the business end of several swords, but rather than be captured, the ninja begins to bubble and dissolve like a giant bloody alka-seltzer. All the ninja present at this ambush suffer the same grossly effervescent fate. Back in the war room, General Chi's advisor informs the general that he thinks that these assassins were the legendary and legendarily ruthless Japanese ninja. Not having encountered them before, the general naturally seeks advice on how to defeat them. I hear not too far from here, there lives an old man. In his youth, he used to be a pirate chief. He has lived in Japan, and he is well versed in the ways of the ninja. Of course he lives nearby, and I'll concede if your eyes rolled so far back into your head that you could see your brainstem. Because this is 16th century China, and I'm sure expansion out into the rest of the country wasn't massive or anything, but as we'll soon learn, apparently no one ever really leaves this town. Ever. The general, looking for any advantage, wants to powwow with this old man and see what he can learn from him. The general's son wisely offers to go in his place to keep him safe. The next day, the younger Chi, cloaked in a red riding hood... No, seriously, it's a big red hood and cape. For riding horses? Anyway, he and a few soldiers are making their way to the old man's location when they are ambushed by a large net and a few ninja. Fight scene. The younger Chi manages to get ahead of the ambush and continues racing on his way to the old man. While racing along, an old man carrying firewood on his back hops out onto the road and without knowing what this fabled master even looks like, 
and despite the fact that I assume that there are several hundred old men gathering firewood in the countryside on any given day, the younger chief somehow knows that this guy is the legendary master of the three arts. The old man confirms the fact and shows off how astute he is, having recognized the ninja waiting to ambush someone important on the road. Point of order here. The old man, who knows how to defeat ninja, recognized ninja waiting on the road to ambush someone important, and chooses to do nothing. In fact, while he and the younger Chi are chatting, Chi soldiers are probably being force-fed their own intestines. Speaking of which, Fight scene. Chi soldiers are under siege from ninja dressed not in black, but in a dull gold. Now, I understand black helping cover ninja in the nighttime, so maybe the dull gold helps render them invisible in sunlight. Don't argue the logic, just keep moving along. Anyway, armed with swords and other cool weaponry, the ninja make fast work of cutting the soldiers down to size. And I mean that quite literally. In a celebration of gore that is reminiscent of what we saw in Five Element Ninjas, these ninja hack off legs and heads with surgical precision. Again, keep in mind that the younger Chi and the old man who, again, knows how to beat ninjas, have hightailed it back to his house. At the house, the old man gives the younger Chi the catalog of ninja skills. The Japanese ninja use eight main skills. Breathing, nimbleness, the sword, the lance, the dart, gunpowder, swiftness, and suppleness. Besides this, they've perfected the art of escaping. They can break free from tight bonds. They're also expert in the art of stealth and of ambush. <sighs> they are like the wind that are very hard to catch. I'm afraid that's all I can tell you. This manual holds all the secrets to the ways of the ninja. He used this manual to teach his three best students each one set of specific skills. The eldest, Mao Jin Yong, is an expert at running, climbing, jumping. The second, Tung Yen, is an expert at making weapons and at combat. My third student, Zhou Yu, is an expert in hand-to-hand -hand and unarmed combat and use of stealth. He tells the younger Chi that he has to go find these students, but even the students have never met one another, so they don't know what each other looks like. They would, however, recognize each other by a complicated hand gesture that only they would know. The red-hooded rider makes his way back from the old man's house down the same road that just before had been littered with ninja. And wouldn't you know it, they're still there! The ninja shoot out some chains and pluck the rider off the horse, and while the rider is trapped and suspended from the trees, a ninja leaps out and slices him in half. I'll post a clip of the scene so you can understand that the ninja cuts the rider right in half and leaves his legs dangling from the chain. Sad news for the younger Chi, right? But no. You see, that was a decoy on the horse. In fact, the rider was actually the old man. The old man, who supposedly knows how to beat ninja, sort of like the ninja that just made him look like a punk actually half a punk. So, right about now you have to be wondering if this guy really knew what he was talking about with that ninja manual. Meanwhile, the younger Chi, armed with vague descriptors and zero direction, makes his way into town and just kind of starts looking at people randomly to see if he can find these three students. Now, I have trouble finding a driver who's meeting me at the airport and he's carrying a sign with my name on it, but the younger Chi, in a matter of minutes, zeroes in on a small gambling circle and watches one of the guys deftly pick pockets and secure some money for himself. Good pickpocket, one might think, right? Not the younger Chi. See, he's thinking, that dude right there? Stone Cold Ninja Killer. 
He confronts the pickpocket and mentions the old man. The pickpocket, now with some angry gamblers on his tail, blows him off and gets out of there. Later that evening, the younger Chi is paid a visit by the drunken pickpocket and gets the complicated Kung Fu High sign, marking him as one of the students. Dropping the drunken act, the student, Mr. Chu, and the younger Chi catch up and plot out a way to locate the other two students. Mr. Chu tells him that all the students knew about one another were their names. And using that info, the younger Chi issues a warrant for their arrest, which he hopes will draw them out. Meanwhile, at the General's HQ, several ninja are stealthily breaking into the compound, swiftly and silently scaling the high walls in what looks to be a coordinated attack to try and assassinate the general. In actuality, it's not even close. This group of ninja avoid detection, climb buildings, and slip in and out of shadow just to take out one low-level guard so that they can place an undercover ninja in his place and slowly infiltrate the ranks. The warrant stirs up the masses and small lynch mobs form, each one searching for the outlaws. One enterprising bounty hunter deduces that if Tung Jen is an expert armorer, then he must be one of the blacksmiths right there in town. However, instead of choosing the blacksmith with the smaller build but prettier hair, the mob goes after the bald, brutish lout who looks like he enjoys taking a punch every now and then. Convinced that they have their guy, the mob try to subdue the blacksmith, but he less than politely declines. He uses his size and strength to throw the mob guys around, slamming them against the walls and tossing them across the floor with ease. It's not a kung fu display of grace and control, but rather a frantic street brawl. Are you afraid of what goes bump in the night? Have you or your friends ever pondered a conspiracy? Do you want to know more about the unknown? If so, then put on your tinfoil hat, sit down, and pick up your computer, tablet, or phone. Go to iTunes or YouTube and search for Secret Transmission Podcast and listen to us try to explain the unexplainable. Follow us on Twitter for updates on shows. At Secret Transpod. That's S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-P-O-D. Or you can email us suggestions at secrettransmission at hotmail.com. That's S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at hotmail.com. Mr. Chu and the younger Chi make their way to the scene to see if the mob isn't onto something. Mr. Chu challenges the smith and tests his mettle. Chu shows off his far superior kung fu skills here in a fun sequence where he fights the smith all while sitting on a table. He taunts and humiliates him, but does display the gesture just in case. With no recognition, Chu lets him go and the mob move on to the next blacksmith. Here we meet Tung Jen, played by Lu Feng, who was the evil centipede in Five Deadly Venoms, which I covered in Episode 1. Lu Feng made a career of playing the bad guy, so this hero role is a nice change of pace for him. Fight scene. Tung Jen has to get right into it with the mob, not wasting any time. In contrast to the brute from before, he gets the mob under control quickly. Mr. Chu steps in and challenges his skill with some great hand-to-hand fighting, which takes them all over the studio. Chu flashes a sign, and Tung returns the correct response, identifying the students to one another. The trio retire, and they try to figure out a way to find the last student. They set out on horseback the next morning to who knows where, but as they ride, several ninja who are stationed in the roadside trees track their movements and alert other tree-dwelling ninja. Fight scene. The trio ride right into a trap from which spring several men in black. The younger Chi has to get involved using his sword to keep several ninja from getting too close. Conveniently, Philip Kuo happens to be sleeping in a nearby tree and hears the commotion. He rushes in to help and arrives just as the younger Chi is against the ropes. He leaps in and snags a falling sword out of the air and launches right into the next fight. Mr. Chu and Mr. Tung are busy working the footwork to keep their ninja at bay. It's a really dynamic scene with each of the Venoms working the swords brilliantly. When they've taken care of all the ninja, Chu and Tong eye the stranger warily and quickly launch into a short hand-to-hand battle to kind of test the new guy out. 
After a short trade-off of punches, Tung and Chu flash their high signs, to which Lizard Venom responds in kind, finally reuniting the three students, despite all probability and logic. Meanwhile, the Japanese have been busy integrating themselves into the General's compound as cooks and servants. One female ninja used her feminine wiles to get the doctor to bring her to the head housekeeper. That evening, several more ninja infiltrate the compound, and this time, one goes right for the General's sleeping quarters and decapitates the sleeping figure. When the alert is sounded, the lone ninja escapes, but having made a costly error. The general responds to the alarm and finds his decoy decapitated and several of his guards dead. We cut over to the Japanese HQ, where the ninja leader is sipping some tea while the ninja squad from the previous scene is bowed down awaiting judgment. The decapitated head of the decoy sits in front of them. The leader is slightly displeased that they didn't get their quarry, and the squad leader begs him for one more chance to prove themselves. Now... Failure isn't looked upon favorably here, and the squad leader understands that implicitly. The ninja warlord dismisses the squad, but orders their squad leader to stay behind. When the rest of the squad is left, the squad leader turns, and without a word of protest, commits ritual seppuku right there in front of the warlord. We catch up with the heroes as they're trying to make their way to the general without drawing any attention to themselves. In a brilliant move of super genius, it seems Mr. Tung has the perfect plan. And what precisely do you have in mind we should do? You can arrange that we get taken on as servants. They won't be expecting that. With Mr. Tung disguised as a night watchman and Mr. Chu, a cook's assistant, Mr. Mao gets in as the new head housekeeper. As he's being walked around the grounds, he's introduced to the undercover female ninja Sha Ling. The younger Chi reports back to his father that he had not found the three students, but the astute general sees right through the ruse and is let in on the plan to have them guard the general in secret. Back in the kitchen, the ninja cook slips a knife under the dish to be served to the general that evening. As he arrives to serve the meal, Chu engages him and flips over the meal, revealing the knife. Guards are summoned and everyone rushes to the alert. Outside, Mr. Tung watches the soldiers rush in, but stops one in particular from going into the fray. It seems that he has made the guard out as the undercover ninja from the get-go. Tung and the ninja square off in a spear-to-bare-knuckle battle. The ninja moves quickly enough to launch the spear right at Mr. Tung's chest, but the spear doesn't penetrate. Instead, Tung pulls out a small gong he sounds off on as the night watchman. Inside, the general and Mr. Chu are busy with the cooks. Ti Lung gets to throw a few punches here while Mr. Chu, playfully, almost mockingly, faces off against a determined and knife-wielding foe. Chu again relies on the power of his legs to fend off his attacker and shows off some amazing leaping ability throughout the fight. Cheng Sheng was always known for bringing a bit of levity to the roles he played, and this one's no different. As the general and his court look on in admiration, Chu and the ninja go punch for punch and there's a great sequence of a crazy fast display of knife handling, followed by an abrupt switch to an overhead shot, which frames the battle in a unique way. You see both combatants unspooling their moves until we cut back right into the thick of it where Mr. Chu gains the controlling hand and forces the ninja to stab himself with the blade. Outside, Tung is still battling the Japanese soldier with Lu Feng again showing off that hand speed that he used so effectively as a centipede. The fight is pretty even until Tung manages to rip away some of the soldier's clothing, revealing the ninja garb beneath. The soldier throws off the armor and fights on with ninja climbing gloves and the traditional black garb. In a scene that could have inspired Tron Deadly Discs, Tung launches his little gong at the ninja, forcing him to leap into the air to avoid it. The gong hits the wall behind him and caroms off back towards Tung, forcing a second leap. Tung catches the disc and gets it right back into the fight, and during one particularly awesome exchange, the ninja, after using his grappling and climbing skills to move the fight inside, gets caught up in some hanging curtain beads which Tung uses to restrain his arm. Tung presses his advantage and forces the ninja's grappling hooks deep into a wooden pole, locking him in place. With his arm immobilized, 
Tung uses the gong like a pizza cutter from hell as he sinks it into the ninja's wrist and lops his hand right off. With his bloody Jamie Lannister stump on display, the ninja can only watch as Tung ends the fight by sinking the sharpened gong deep into his chest. Alright boys and clan, we're talking about a pretty awesome movie right here, but there are plenty of other movies that you should be checking out too. Time to unwrap a new segment here on the Kung Fu Driving Podcast with our own Robot 13, otherwise known as Thomas Hall, as he brings you a cultivated Kung Fu catalog that you need to incorporate into your collection. Quickly, welcome to the Hit List. Hi, I'm Thomas Hall, and this is the Hit List. Five Kung Fu movies you need to see. This week's list... The five trickiest traps of Kung Fu. First up is the Carter Wong classic, The 18 Bronzemen. In it, we see a young boy who is raised in the Shaolin Temple and joins a secret society called The 18 Bronzemen after passing a series of complicated and very difficult trials. And he eventually finds out the person that he needs to take revenge on for his father. And it's just an amazing piece of Kung Fu and you're gonna absolutely love it. Next up is the Shaw Brothers classic, Have Sword, Will Travel. In it, T-Long and Lee Ching have to get together after not trusting each other to figure out who is involved with the Flying Tiger Manor Gang, uh, who is trying to steal a shipment of silver, and there's twists and turns and plots, and you wouldn't believe who ends up being the real villain. It's it's absolutely uh, one of the best T-Long movies out there. Next up is Detective D and the Mystery of the Phantom Flame. It stars Andy Lau, and he plays Detective D, who is kind of the Sherlock Holmes of China, and he tries to figure out why people who work for the Empress are bursting into flames uh, spontaneously. It turns out that there is a mysterious uh, cult and a strange uh, figure who is assassinating people, and there's tons and tons of crazy kung fu and amazing wire work and you need to see it if you want to see one of the more modern kung fu classics next up is a more obscure one it's called the bloody parrot also by shaw brothers and it stars piao piao and tony Liu. they get involved in a mystery with a mythological creature called the bloody parrot who can cause people to die in horrible ways and there's a plot with stealing gold there's demon possession there's all kinds of crazy um, kung fu action and it's one of the stranger movies you're ever going to see by the Shaw Brothers. It's kind of a mix of kung fu and horror, but it's absolutely enchanting, and it twists and turns, and the first time you watch it, you will not know what you are looking at. I guaranteed, if you can find the bloody parrot, you're, you're in for a good time. Last but not least is the Venom Mob-filled House of Traps by the Shaw Brothers. The movie is exactly what you would think it would be. It's about a house of traps that's filled with all kinds of treasures. And different members of the 
Venom mob try to infiltrate there to get back some of these treasures and to also find out uh, who has stolen a list of people's names who are trying to rebel against the government. It's one of the best Venom mob movies and it's often slept on because it's not as well known as things like um, Five Deadly Venoms or the, the Crippled Avengers. But you need to see the House of Traps if you are any kind of a Venom mob fan at all. Well, that was my list. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you found some new movies to go search out. Enjoy it, and I'll see you next time on The Hit List. Star Recycle by Jeff Summers, author of the Avery Kate series, has been called intricate with ink-black humor by RT Book Reviews, and heartbreaking, and soaked in blood and steeped in deadly power and desperation by Publishers Weekly. When blood fuels magic, there are mages, there are bleeders, and there are no good people. Learn the words, get the blood, and rule the world. Available everywhere from gallery books. Check out wearenotgoodpeople.com. Later that evening, Mr. Miles paid a visit by the lovely Sha Ling, bearing a cup of tea. Suspicious, Mr. Mao deflects the tea despite Sha Ling's insistence, and accidentally drops the tea, forcing Sha Ling to move to whatever plan B she has in store. As Mao moves to give something to her, she pulls some darts from her hair and launches them at Mr. Mao. Mao, as if he could see behind him, turns slowly out of the path, with no harm coming to him at all. He feigns being ignorant of the attack, as he gives Sha Ling a silver box as a gift. Playing along, Sha Ling opens the box and triggers an explosion of burning powder, which scars her face pretty horribly. Sha Ling pulls up her hands, but now they're armed with the deadliest manicure ever, and she launches at Mr. Mao with a nasty ferocity, swinging her arms wildly and trying to cut Mao to ribbons. This is one of the better fights in the movie, as Philip Kuo and the actress Judy Chu put on a fast and fierce battle that never feels like the standard punch and pause fare. Mr. Mao uses a wooden stool to remove the deadly tips from Sha Ling's fingers and throws her against a wall where one perfectly placed kick to her throat erases one more ninja from the ledger. The next day, as General Chi prepares to ride out, a ninja leaps down from the rooftop, sword in hand. Fortunately for the general, Mr. Mao is standing guard. Mao leaps high into the air and lands a kick to the ninja's chest mid-air. The combatants take it to the ground and throw down in another frantic exchange, and Mr. Mao gets to use his amazing leaping ability as the ninja tries to escape by climbing high up into a tree. Mao bounds up into the tree and kicks the ninja out of the branches, then somersaults and flips his way to victory over the ninja, who is taken as prisoner into the compound. In a guarded jail cell, the bound ninja exercises his escapist skills and works his way out of the ropes and out of the cell. As he's running down an empty street, he encounters his ninja warlord being ferried the other way. The warlord tells him to return to the cell and deliver a message to his captors. Go back and tell them I will be waiting for them in Shu's garden. Yes! Moments later, as the general's son is inspecting the grounds, the ninja warlord drops from the rooftops and things start to look really bad for the younger Chi. The ninja leader quickly casts out a few soldiers and goes face to face with the younger Chi, who, despite brandishing a sword, never gets to actually use it. The ninja leader is just too fast and subdues Chi without much of a fight. When the garrison of guards moves forward to try and advance, the ninja disperses a flaming powder that quickly builds into a massive firewall, giving him room to escape with his hostage. The three heroes go to interrogate the prisoner who willingly shares the message that his master ordered him to give. They all rightfully suspect that they're walking into a trap.
The next morning, arriving at Shu's garden, the three heroes with their prisoner in tow prepare for what's to come. However, I doubt even they were ready for the big bowls of crazy that they're about to experience. Fight scene. Taking entire chapters right out of Five Element Ninjas, the heroes first encounter golden ninjas dressed in shiny, reflective gold outfits that temporarily blind anyone looking directly at them. While blinded, they release their ninja stars, but they miss their marks and instead cut down their own ninja brother. The ninja follow that with a heated sword battle with our heroes bare-knuckling their way through it all. There's some impressive flipping and hand-to-hand -hand combat throughout this amazing sequence. Surviving the gold ninjas, the heroes push forth through the garden and through a grove of trees. And as they walk, bladed chains shoot out from the treetops, followed by the tree ninjas, dressed in all green, looking like some warped Kermit the Frogs as they take their turn against our trio. This fight features some excellent weapon work, but again, the ninja are seemingly no match for the well-trained and well-informed ninja killers. One of the more impressive deaths here is Death by Umbrella, and you just have to see it to understand. Next up, they approach two gatekeepers who they have to pass to fight the leader himself. And as they draw closer, the ground starts to rumble as the Earth Ninjas burrow through the dirt and pop out of the earth, ready to throw down. This is an incredibly well choreographed scene, and it's exhilarating to watch the three Venoms work in unison as they do their thing. Every day, whether you realize it or not, you're moved by the power of visual communication, and that's by design. At Tinbox Marketing Solutions, the goal of that design is to bring effective communication to a myriad of people through shape, color, texture, and sound. Tinbox is a creative services group located in Los Angeles, California, by way of New York City. Their clients include La Tigre, Konami, Pony Footwear, and comedian Jerry Seinfeld. For the bleeding edge in graphic design and print services, don't think outside the box. There is no box. TinBoxSolutions.com After fighting the Earth Ninja, the trio walk into an open courtyard where the General Sun is tied to a post. And as they step closer, the Ninja Leader himself meets them. Final fight! Our trio faces off against the ninja leader and the two gatekeepers from earlier, and this fight scene is just fantastic, as director Philip Quo uses some great camera angles that make the fight feel lethal in every frame. The ninja leader proves to be a formidable opponent, catching Mr. Chu with several stars to the back. Grievously wounded, Chu tries to continue the fight, but the ninja draws a blade against the young Chi's throat. He threatens to kill the younger Chi if the other two don't drop their weapons, but in a supreme act of self-sacrifice, Mr. Chu, who really is all but dead anyway, throws himself at the leader's feet, distracting him just enough for Mr. Tongue and Mr. Mao to launch a spear that finds its mark in the ninja's chest. Overall, this is a decent movie with great fight scenes, but it suffers a little bit from some awkward pacing. Still, though it's missing those signature Shaw Brothers touches, it's still a Venomon movie and it's worth checking out. Okay, Poison Clan, that's going to do it for this episode. I want to send a shout-out to Coach Ron and Kung Fu Ella for being loyal listeners. I also want to send some love to all the podcasters out there that represent the good old Garden State of New Jersey. Tattooed Bananas, Ice in the Face, The Something Something Cast, Bumming with Bobcat, The Robin Slim Show, Girl FM Headline News, Two Bricks Podcast, and any other Jersey Potters out there that rock the green and yellow of the Garden State podcasters. Go check out their shows because you're sure to find something that you like. Then drop them a line on Twitter and tell them I sent you. 
Speaking of Twitter, come talk at me at Kung Fu Drive-In, same on Instagram or on Facebook at the Kung Fu Drive-In podcast page, or email me at kungfudrivein at gmail.com. Today I have a special treat as Justin H., who you can find on Twitter at King of Kung Fu AMP, composed a really cool song that celebrates all things Kung Fu. I'm going to let that song play us out, and until next week, Poison Clan, peace! See the iron fisted monk before the daily prayers Shouting monks on the hands, running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan, now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless Aida roaming over the land Yeah, the little bitch soldier is old and wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight you got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guarantees to raise jars Fight for the cars, then pause, hear the applause Not again, back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good, but balls don't hit back Yeah, the death jewel's here, David is coming back the Tai Chi master, jelly's even faster Could chat a little drink because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine but see Maggie show his spine Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies will the hero will survive We got the brave archer make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight may as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black cause the vampire's back We got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all to stand back He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah Wing Chun Shaol in a mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claw See it's a game of death yo You're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun Assassin's like some blood just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance but won't stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got her just in yellow but she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms, that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor When the blood it'll splatter against the walls No fear at all, to kill them all There's always blood spilled when you head into a war Fearless, unleashed the fist of legend that the car jet leave I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war.